0: Hashem doesn't do many miracles that are out of the ordinary against science. He hides himself within science, within Teva, within nature. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Abochim. In these parashiyas I want to share with you an idea I saw based on the mitzvah of Shemitah, and Emir Hashem will connect it also to Sfil Soimel. In Perikafe Hafei, in Parashat Behar, right after the Torah tells us about the Helig Mitzvah of Shemitah that we had this past year, it then says, in the beginning of Shlishi, it says, And if you abide by the mitzvahs, then the the land... You'll, you'll be satisfied from the food of the land and you'll be sitting at peace without any wars, etc., etc. But then the next Pasuk says, and if you're going to ask yourselves, what are we going to do? We're not allowed to work the land in the seventh year. How are we going to have food to live from? Then the Kaddish Buhu says, don't worry, don't worry. You will get three times as much in the sixth year that will take you, care of you for all the seemingly negative effect of shnata Tashmita, when it comes to the lack of food from your field. So the question that can be asked is, and what if you don't ask? It almost sounds like this blessing only comes to the people that ask. And that's uh, that doesn't sound right. Well, only the people that have a bit of a lack of faith and Hashem that will take care of them, only they will ask, oh no, what are we going to do in the seventh year? How are we going to have food? And then Hashem says, don't worry, I'll give you a bracha that in the sixth year, Later on in the sixth year, you're going to get so much food that'll take care of you for all those years for the negative effect of the lack of food in Shnat shmita. The question begs itself, what about the people that didn't even ask? So I guess, maybe one can say that Hashem is promising this blessing no matter what, not only if you ask, but it sounds like if you read the Pesukim, it sounds like it's only if you'll ask, then you'll get this blessing. And what if you don't ask? So that's question number one. The other question seemingly have nothing to do with the first question. And there are specific questions on Sfirah First of all, the whole name of Sfirah and also the Korban it, it's, it's, it's what kind of a name is that? We know the Oimel is a, 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 a unit of measurement. If I would call a sacrifice, the leader sacrifice, or the counting of the leader, Sviras Sa'oymer, that would be really odd. What's the idea behind that? And what can we learn from this? As well, another important question is, today, for example, was day number 34 of Sivas Oymel. But why do we have to go out of our way? Everyone knows what 34 days is. It's it's an equivalent of four weeks and six days. So why do we have to speak that out? Today is 34 days, which are four weeks and six days. Why do we have to do that? And what's the lesson that can be learned from this? So let's start answering our first question has to do with Parashat Pehal. I saw a fascinating Malbim. The Malbim comes from a different question, but the concept he answers, the concept he uses to answer his questions will also answer our question. And he says you should know there are two different types of blessings. There's a type of blessing that a person, the little bit of food he has, will satiate himself and that will be good enough for him. Now that's an incredible blessing that's the best type of bracha, says the Malbim, why? Two reasons. First of all, that's not Begedra teva. Hashem doesn't do many miracles that are out of the ordinary against science. He's with. He hides himself within science, within Teva, within nature. And yet over here, it's not a normal thing that a person will be full from a tiny bit of food. That's called the brachas in the me'ain. Within the person, he'll have a blessing that whatever he has will satisfy him. On the other hand, there's a brach of type two which is not as incredible because it's normal and it's within nature such a thing can happen not every year the the field yields the same amount of fruit it could be that one year it does so much that it's three times as much okay so it's not like such a huge miracle if the land suddenly gives on the sixth year a ton of food it can happen But also, practically speaking, it's way harder because now you have to worry about the tractors plowing the field and you have to worry that someone may steal from you and you have to ensure you store it and you need storage room and you need workers and it's a lot of headaches. So obviously, blessing number one is something that is better. And hence, says the Malbim in his amazing Mahalach over here he says look at the first pasuk it says if you abide by what i'm telling you and you don't ask any questions the default will be the land will give you what you need and you'll be full from what you have that's the Lashon. it says in pasuk perik kafe pasuk Tet, venatna aretsperiya va'achaltem la'sova you will eat in a way that you'll you'll be satisfied it's not saying anything about the amount of fruits Those are the people that indeed didn't ask. They will be deserving of this bracha. Why? Because as Chazal tell us, the person that says, okay, today I have what to eat, but oh no, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do in 20 years? The Chazal say that person doesn't have enough emunah. He has a lack of bitachon. And for people like that, they're not deserving of this amazing type of miracle, type of blessing. And hence, they fall into the second category. And the next Pasuk and Did says, and if you will ask yourself, oh no, what am I going to do? How am I going to have enough food? The Torah tells you, don't worry. The sixth year will give you a lot of food. Which means that that's the bracha number two. Bracha number two you'll have a bit of headaches involved cuz you have to take care of all the food you have but you're going to have three times as much at ka kafalif, we understand now what's happening in Parshas behar. The main idea behind behind everything is that one should have bitachon b'chu. He's giving us commandments and we know we're in good hands as the Chovas levavos says numerous times. Let's move on to our other question. What is going on with sfilasoi, why is it called Ha-Oymer, Oymer is only a measure of, a, a unit of measure. It's very odd. So in order to understand this, perhaps we have to go to the Chinuch that will tell us the whole idea behind Sviras Oimir. The Chinuch says that the purpose of the mitzvah of Sviras Oimir is to think about the great kindness of HaKadosh buchu who renews our crop and sustains us year after year. And that is symbolized by us giving an offering to HaKadosh buchu the Koban Oymer. And therefore, it's fitting for us to take some of that crop before we benefit from it and offering it back to HaKadosh Buhu to remind us of this kindness. As the Midger says, HaKadosh Buhu says, When I gave you the man, I gave each and every one of you a complete measure of one oymel. Interestingly, that is the same unit. The unit of an oymel per person. That's how much every person got in the man. When, it, when HaKadosh Buhu gave it to us every morning, it was waiting for us. At our doorstep. So we see that the Omer, actually, the idea behind it is to ensure we have gratitude that everything came from Hashem. And that is exactly what happened in the man. When the man was brought to us day in, day out, we didn't know what's going to happen tomorrow, what, but we trusted that Kaddish Buhu will take care of us. And indeed, he did. And that's the idea of the man. And just like the man, the amount we got was Omer LaGul that's the unit of measure. And hence, the idea of Sfirah So'imel is the same. We're, so, we're reminding ourselves that we trust HaKadosh Buchu. The whole idea is working during these days to have Bitochon Bashem. Let's not forget, we're coming out of the tomb of Mitzrayim and they believed everything just happened without a reason. And we're working Exactly to get out of all those klipot and realizing everything's coming from Akadash Buchu, we have in Hashem, and that's the idea of Korban O'Imel. We're giving back to Akadash Buchu before we enjoy the crops, and we're intrinsically, intrinsically living the, the idea that everything is coming from Hashem. Just like we know that Akadash Buchu commanded us to take a bit of man before the man start, stopped from coming to us from HaKadosh Buch Hu in the Midbal. We were commanded to take some of it, put it in a jar and put it away in the Aroin al- to remember that there was once upon a time that HaKadosh Buch day in day out gave us in the Midbal the Man. Why? Because it is intrinsic and imperative that we live the idea that everything is coming from Hashem and that the, n- the new generations will know that and will live that idea. The idea of and how do you get to that how do you ensure that keeps going once again it's our master master key idea which is when we appreciate that hashem doesn't owe us anything and yet he still day in day out takes care of us just like he took care of us of us in the desert and when when he gave us the man every day that will ensure that, and it will ingrain in us this idea that we fully come to the realization that we're in good hands and that Kaddish is taking care of us. And that's the idea of Sfirah Soimer working on our the, the value of Bitachon in Hashem. That's the idea of the Korban Oimer showing that we realize everything's coming from Hashem. And that says Rav Miller, that is why when we count Sfirah Soimer in order to enlarge the idea, and amplify, magnify the idea that HaKadosh Buhu gave us everything, we it's not enough to say the days, because when we break it down and we say, look, it's not just today Hashem gave you the month; He gave it to you for already four weeks and four days, and that you live up the idea even more that everything's coming from Hashem, and look how we're dependent on HaKadosh Buhu and it's all thanks to Hashem that we're able to live. And that's the idea of So'imer, to continue. And remember that. And that's why it's called based on the Oymil because that is a link to the idea of the man that Hashem gave us every day. And with that, we answered all our questions because we come to the realization that we're totally in the Kaddish hands, and a person that lives life like this, it's a totally different ballgame because you ne- never get upset. You realize everything's from Hashem. And I just want to end with a story. I said... I think I also said many years ago when he used to go to the Shirim of Rav Boyer, he told us the following story: that once there was this uh, girl that went to a base Yaakov over here, and she had a very serious digestive illness, but yet. It was very important for her to go to regular school, to go to the best of the best school, which wasn't easy to get in into as it is. And her parents said, we're worried about your condition if you if you have too much stress and you work really hard. But she didn't care. She went behind their backs. She wrote letters to the big rabbanim, please get me into the school because the school realized the parents don't want her there and they understood why and hence they didn't. And they said, you're not accepted. You're not fitting for the school. But she didn't give up. And we know when there's a will, there's a way. End of umed bifnei ratzon. And hence, she did the best. She wrote letters to G'dolei to Big Rabbanim, Local Rabbanim. And eventually she got in and she did very well. The next Shlav was that she wanted to go to Chinuch Meyuchad, special ed. And she fought again to get in there. And then after after two years, they had to live in the dormitory or come to the dormitory every day to be t- together with these special ed kids, which she did. And then her biggest issue was they had to come in for Shabbos. They had to be there for once Shabbos, yes, one Shabbos, no. And she went there. And one of the serious rules were that you had to stay in the lunchroom and everyone was eating. And so she went there, but she couldn't eat. Because it takes her a long time to eat and it looks a bit weird. And hence she can't eat in front of people. But she didn't want to tell that to anyone. So her good friend realized that. So She said, listen, I'll cover for you. Every time we're in the lunchroom and they're eating, you just go eat in your room and then come back here. And she did that and it worked for several weeks. But then the menahelet, the principal realized what's happening and she got a bit upset. Because she didn't know why this was happening. And she said, I'm sorry. Please don't. I, I think you should pack your bags and leave. One of the major rules we had is that in the that you have to stay in the lunchroom with everyone. She burst out crying, and since then her life she started plummeting until they helped her out from a psychological perspective, etc., etc. So Rav Boyer said to us, "What happened here? She she was such a strong personality." Why did everything com- crumble just because she told her? What did you do? Why didn't you just tell the truth? Because I had this condition, that's why I did that. So Av Boyer at the time taught us this concept. Everyone, their main motivation in life is their will. Ratzon. We know the Ratzon connects us to Hu, to Chaim, Otiot Sino. Yeah, it's the same letters as uh as a tube that connects us to Hashem. And therefore, everyone has a whole system of But everyone has a Ratzon Merkazi, a very central, priority number one will in his life. And if someone does anything to go against and to collide with that will, then it's very dangerous psychologically for the well-being of the person, emotionally. And the main thing for her was, I want to be like everyone. I know I'm not, but she wanted to be like everyone. And the second someone would tell her, you're different, you can't eat like everyone, you can't be in the lunchroom because you're different, that would go against her main motivation. And that's what happened. And that's why she didn't want to tell anyone. And that's why when the principal said, I'm sorry, you can't do this, you have to go, and she couldn't tell her. So everything blew up. Says Rav Boyer, and this is to do with us, and that's why I brought this story. How do you ensure this doesn't happen to anyone that, that you care about? You have to ensure that within your value system, within your Retzonot, the Merkazi Retzon, the essential, top priority Retzon will you have in your life is to do Retzon Hashem. That will also yield Bitachon in Hashem because you have, you trust, blindly trust HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that anything that happens is the best for you. So no matter what someone says to you or does to you, it's never going to stare you, it's never going to push you down because you realize. I'm living life the way Hashem wants me to live life and that is my top priority because your top priority is to ensure you have bitachon in Hashem which is what we're working towards during Sfir Sao and then the ripple effect will be of course that we'll be ready and it will be a clickable to accept the Torah and Shavuos that will take this value internalize it and get to the finish line i.e. With, Shavuos with, with 100% bitachon in the have a good job. Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website prismoftorah.com where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every Torah. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you Yonavefa, for your recording equipment produced by by Ellie Podcast Productions.